What's going on, y'all? It's Jared, the Line Up Tech, giving what you need in tech news and live interviews. Today, we're going to be interviewing Marcus Cummings. He has multiple businesses. He's an NFL agent. He has an MBA of Texas A&M and multiple other certifications and degrees that we'll be discussing on this interview podcast session today. So, no further ado, let's go! It's Jared the Land Yet Tech, giving you what you need to take news and land interviews. Finally, get to meet Mr. Marcus Cummins in person, uh, doing the interview live. Uh, Mr. Marcus Cummins, how you doing today? Oh, man, I can't complain. I'm blessed. I'm <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful weekend out here in New Orleans, just maintaining, staying up, and you know, thinking positive thoughts, no negative things going on in my life, so I'm blessed. All right, that's what's up. So, uh, Mr. Mr. Marcus Cummins, can you please give the listeners a little bio about yourself? Oh, man, it's a lot going on with, in, in the everyday life of Mr. Marcus <laughs> Cummins. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm a native of New Orleans. I grew up um, in New Orleans East, went to McDonald 35, received my bachelor's in marketing with a minor in management from the University of New Orleans. Um, from that point, relocated to Texas or San Antonio. Um, I enrolled in Texas A&M Commerce and received my MBA, uh, Master's of Business Administration from Texas A&M Commerce. Uh, from that point on, uh, my next credential or certification would be my NFL PA license. Uh, so if you don't know, uh, that's the license you have to have in order to be a certified sports agent. So when I say certified sports agent, I'm talking about representing um, NFL clients. Um, you're recruiting college uh, seniors or juniors who are eligible to turn pro, negotiating their contracts, sponsorships, setting up endorsements. Uh, it's just that beautiful lifestyle that you see on the HBO series Ballers. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, Jerry Maguire, show me the money, baby. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, everybody thinks it's a glamorous lifestyle, but once you're in it, you're in it. So, um, definitely a high dollar industry, but um, if you put in the work, stay consistent and, um, you know, grind it out, high returns in the end. So, uh, my next certification uh, would be uh, my Six Sigma certification, and then I received a PMP certification. So, that validates me to pretty much have the thorough um, or needed understanding to lead any project as far as project management. We know all businesses need to grow, so we're not talking about the operational aspect. Um, businesses have operations, operations managers, that's consistent, that's never gonna end um, as long as you're in business. But projects are some short term, they have end dates, so they're short term um, um, projects as far as growth and to um, you know, aid the business and help better various situations or um, aspects of aiding the business. So I have a PMP certification. Also just received my uh, CSM certification. So that's a certified scrum master. Mm. Uh, to me, CSM is a kind of the future of project management. It's about reaching that goal in a shorter amount of time using less 
using less income or less operational uh, operational budget or resources to get to the end goal. So CSM is about being more agile, reaching that end goal or um, the business uh, intent or value in a shorter amount of time. So I have various amount of certifications. So uh, when we say Marcus Cummins, it's about four or five acronyms that come. <laughs> so, and I'm saying that in the most the most humble manner right. possible. Right. <laughs> so so um, I know currently right now you work for DXC. Uh, what position do you hold and what are your responsibilities? Uh, right now, um, I'm an engagement leader um, or you could say a project manager. So I work with ITSM. Uh, ITSM is an acronym for Information Technology Service Management. So if you have a business, you have a laptop that the company provides you, just an example what ITSM is. Um, if you need to create a ticket for the help desk. Um, so I create the systems or deploy the systems uh, that aid in that um, the operational aspects. So uh, we we transfer outdated uh, ITSM or service desk or help desk uh, system systems into a leveraged uh, function that DXC currently provides to its clients. So ITSM, you're talking about change management, problem management. Um, capability management, availability management, various type of manage management systems that aid in the everyday operations and functionality from a business standpoint. So I deploy those systems. I basically manage the resources that do the development integrations to uh, implement those leverage systems from uh, the software or the systems that DXC sells. So um, like I said, if you have a, it's, it's, it's like having a Windows 98 computer and I'm implementing uh, <laughs> you know, an Apple or a Mac right. system. You know, so we're basically updating the ITSM and service that's helped that system so uh, businesses internally can function. Okay. Um, besides all your certifications, degrees, and your current employment, I know you have a, a bunch of multiple other side businesses that you do. <laughs> uh, I mean, multiple people. I'm telling y'all, it's a lot. So, uh, which one you want to go into first? Let's go into uh, the. Uh, I'll go the, into which what one? you. Hey, let's you, go you into fifty-five dollars today. <laughs> yes, let's, let's talk about the food. Let's talk about the food. So yeah. I have a few uh, business ventures, uh, multiple LLC. So I'm what they consider a corporate hustler. Uh, so <laughs> when, when I say hustle, you know, New Orleans kind of breathes that into you with the culture. But you know, I'm doing it the right way, so I don't have to look over my shoulder. I can sleep at night. So um, my my food business, uh, I do meal preps um for for uh different clients or people that i know i just myself lost about 60 pounds so it's all about what you eat you can work out as much as you want but if you're not putting the right things in your body you're not going to see those results so yeah and the boy um, can't cook yo i mean my wife are on the meal plan and he can cook yeah uh, so, sure tell them your instagram so you can they can see you when you're so doing your cooking thing instagram is md foods llc m as in marcus d as in damien the word foods f-o-o-d-s llc so at md foods llc i put out my menu every wednesday uh orders are supposed to be in by friday of course mr anderson he hit me up a few hours ago <laughs> luckily you know i always make extra so I was able to provide him a, a females <laughs> black people right <laughs> so, so yeah so um it's a side business I do so it's all about knowing 
how much you can take or handle at a time. So with that aspect of the business, I know my main focus right now is with the IT and my NFL ventures. So um, I do that on the side. Uh, you know, Saturday I'd allocate to uh, going, um, getting the rec- the the. Uh, the groceries or the credentials to make the meals based off the orders I intake on Friday and my delivery is going to be on Sunday. So with that, I'm focusing on lean, healthy living. I'm talking about salmon, um, asparagus, uh, buffalo and cauliflower, various things of that nature in order to uh, provide you that healthy uh, lifestyle of living. So the key is once you invest, whether it's five meals for $55, 10 meals for 100, you've already made that investment. So you don't have to go to the grocery store. It's just a pop and play. So when I say pop and play, I'm uh, giving you the meals and they're already in your refrigerator. So you're just waking up uh, the next morning and normally how uh, it's structured. I give, if you do five, that just means you have um, lunch or dinner Monday through Friday. So I, I motivate everybody to do the 10 because you're going to um, see bigger results where you have a lunch and dinner Monday through Friday and it's open refrigerator you bring in a meal to work you have a meal for dinner so um, that's one of the ventures it's MD Foods I also do travel brunches with that so uh, with that aspect uh, everything's kind of incorporated from my marketing degree my management degree so you know I'm acquiring different venues and uh, I may uh, collaborate and partner with another chef so I'm managing the whole front of the house it's like I'm managing a restaurant and I'm doing pop-up brunches to where I have a, a specific menu and I create an entire experience we might have a DJ a live band anything in there so you're talking about um, doing I, I incorporate chef tables VIP tables just like a, a club t- like I'm yes. a promoter with food so. yes uh, yeah I bought my <laughs> wife uh, and a couple two of my friends and we did the VIP experience and it was wonderful. We had a great time. It was yeah. the food was nice, the it's, whole environment was nice. It was great. And so with the VIP experience, you're not getting the regular brunch at a buffet. I'm giving you a tailored menu. You have a take-home menu. Uh, you have unlimited drinks, carafes, mimosas, and uh, the chef experience. So you're gonna be in a um, a private VIP area where everyone kind of is looking at you. They know you special. They don't know who you are, but you're somebody because you spent a few hours to be in this area. <laughs> um, but uh, like I said, it's about maximizing the space. So it's about being creative. So that's just my, how my mind works. So if I'm bringing out a venue and providing a, a buffet or a service to 100 to 150 people, it's about maximizing my space in the dollar. So I've already rented out the venue. So if I have this space that I can elevate and make uh, something special or spectacular, I can charge a premium for this area or to be special. It's just like the difference between wearing Nike flip-flops or Gucci flip-flops. You're going to pay extra for the Gucci flip-flops because they're going to stand out. Everybody know what it is. So <laughs> Get your money up. Yeah, so when you're in there, oh, we know Mr. Anderson, his money's up. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about, y'all. Okay. Do we need to name all the properties you have? Okay. We'll do that here. So, so, yeah. So, it's about max. As a business owner, you want to maximize and just be creative. Most of the time, the solutions are right in front of you. You just have to think deeper. So, um, if I already have the space, I may sell this experience. So, it's not, it's, it's just like art. You know, nobody can tell me my art is only worth $200. I could charge you $2,000 because that's what I believe I put into it. So for this VIP experience, instead of charging $30 for the average brunch of the buffet, I might charge you $500 for the experience. So I've taken my revenue from 
3000 if I have four chef tables at $500 from $3,000 to $5,000. So I just added an extra $2,000 in income uh, to the overall revenue that I uh, profited for that uh, experience. So um, that's the main thing. Another thing is, um, you know, how I, get in, how I got into football and just being creative. I started promoting parties uh, while I was in college. So I have MD Productions, Mark Damien Productions. So with that, um, I made book your average artist i worked with trina i've worked with um people in the martin County. um athletes that's how i got into the sports business from just having my relationship with athletes booking them for events doing concerts basically like i said with the food thing that's how i've incorporated to doing the brunches from how i used to promote parties with uh acquiring a venue doing comedy shows so just about being creative at the same time uh you don't want to get yourself into into deep where you can't handle everything so i know that um if you know, the food is popping right now. The, the promotions have to fall back unless um, I have someone that I've groomed. And that's something I'm looking into, uh, someone that I can groom to where I don't have to focus on so many aspects of what I'm doing. So, uh, so how, do, how do you technology assist you with promoting your brand or your other business? Oh, uh, well, I mean, with... I work in IT, so of course, you know, I, I work with engineers, some some of those engineers, architects are my resources, so I'm uh, getting ideas from them, but the basics is using technology. Technology is everywhere, it's something that's never going to stop, is, you know, data analytics right now, so, and, and AI, artificial intelligence, so basically, I mean, you could Google a wallet, and two hours later, you're going to see wallets just running down your feet. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, who's watching me? So uh, it's just about that, especially like with, with food. So, you know, I could do a search to where if I'm in the 70128 zip code, I can run a search to say, okay, I want to target everyone that likes shrimp or likes posts about shrimp or seafood in that area. So if I have a menu about shrimp or seafood this week, I can run an ad for using Instagram or Facebook at maybe $5 or $10 for the whole week, and I might get a 1,000 views. So if I pay 5 to $10 and I have a 1,000 views, I might, I only need maybe two to five customers off of that if I'm selling them 10 meals at $100. That's $500 off of the 5 or $10 investment. So right. for me, it's a no-brainer. So that's one way to use technology. Um, just with, with the food aspect, uh, as far as uh, football, I may use technology to forecast if this college athlete that's trying to turn pro that has contacted our firm or contacted um, someone I know or whoever, however I got in touch with them under uh, ethics and the legal parameters right. of what I'm supposed to be doing as a sports agent right. when the time is right. <laughs> um, I've been in contact with this person at the appropriate time. Um, you know, I may run analytics to, to compare them to if they're a wide receiver, I can compare them to Odell Beckham. Is this going to be a high risk based off of the comparison or, um, you know, I can get an, an engineer or architect to create some type of formula or algorithm to see if this person is going to be a high risk investment or a low risk investment. That may okay. um, uh, motivate me or deter me from investing in them. If they say, you know what, based off of the numbers they put in college in comparison to what Odell did in college at LSU, let's go for it, you know. So, hey, you know, the, 
it's no ceiling to what I'm investing this person. But if the um, the results come back not favorable, then it's like, you know what, I'm not the person for you. So uh, that's just um, one aspect of how you can use analytics okay. or technology in the football aspect as well. So uh, so would you maintain in um, a full-time employment position and have enough? So, Mr. Cummins, I know you're a pretty big businessman, but how do you give back to the community? Well, for me, um, like I said, it's about um, providing people an avenue or a path forward without having to make the same uh, mistakes that I have had in the past or, or just giving them a, a, a nice person to look at. So everybody's not going to make it to the NFL. Everybody's not going to make it to the NBA. So that's why I like the mix of what I have. So um, I think the the one of the most recent events I did was partner using my technology um, company to partner with the New Orleans Pelicans in um, an all boys school here in, in New Orleans. So I was able to um, you know pull a few strings. That's when you have to pull a pull a muscle. Right, right, right. Trips. And, took a big bag of tricks and uh, you know called on some of the favors so I was able to um, I think it was about 15 15 of the boys I uh, had them come in they were able to watch I believe the Pelicans were playing the Portland Trailblazers so they were able to get front row and watching the guys practice and then uh, we had a meeting reception with Alfred Payton he was the starting point guard of the Pelicans last year yeah he knew um, all his native too yep 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 so it wasn't just about them getting the access to the sports and that experience but um, we then took them into uh, the suites ordered them some wings popcorn uh, sodas um, and, you know just gave them exposure to the sweet life I know uh, when I was coming up in school I, I didn't I never went to a suite until I could right to be the adults right it was about giving them that type of experience um, at a young age just to show them you know what I'm not a ball player, but I'm, I'm someone who's connected to the industry and I look like them. You know, I represent right. who they are so they can aspire to be something beyond sports if that doesn't work out. So in lieu of that, it still wasn't just about them getting, the, getting to the game, meeting the players and having free food. Um, I was able to incorporate teamwork and agile technology into this experience so we incorporated something called the marshmallow challenge where they had um, to use spaghetti uh, tape a marshmallow to make a structured tower and at the end of the tower a single marshmallow had to stand on top so we broke the 14 15 uh, male students into two groups and uh, I believe it was 30 45 seconds or something along those lines it was time to where they had to build that structure so basically that showed them that if they work together as a team they could use their creativity to build structures just like building um, a building downtown you got to start with the foundation come up with the plan the blueprints to get to the end results so um, they were able to uh, get a, a quick glimpse of how fast they needed to work how fast they needed to come together and build teamwork to get to the end results so um, that was a great experience for them. They had to meet, got to meet the athletes, got to watch them practice, 
watched the game and um, had access to the suites and you know um, I had the uh, GM of uh, DXC New Orleans come speak to them who's also a brother who mm-hmm. looks like them to show them that listen you know you know he's managing this big building he looks just like them so um, yeah so that, that was one of the, the, the things I'm most proud of and I, I, I received excellent feedback from the results and how the kids enjoyed the experience so uh, like I said it's all about leveraging and using what you have to uh, inspire others so um, I'm always looking to give back to the community and just provide them opportunities that I didn't have growing up multiple outside companies how do you balance your time because you always on the move you always doing something yeah so with me people ask do i sleep so it's just like <laughs> like my day to day you know i was at the gym if you follow me on um instagram um, or damien underscore productions you see my posts i was in the gym at 5 a.m uh from there went straight to the grocery store to run my menu and, and get the groceries for my meal plans and then from there i'm actively in there um, um actually put in the work with me and i have uh, two part-time employees that assist me as far as the meals just depending on how big the orders are we're, we're grinding and out putting in the work to get those meals executed and then from there it's, it's me time so you know i have no throughout the week i've done what i needed to do for my project i know um training camp is starting next week for football so i know i don't i don't really have anything to do as far as that aspect so it's about just knowing what you have it's about really about being organized and structured so mm. you can't maintain or run a business if you don't in a day-to-day basis so it's like when you walk in my house i don't care what's going on or what's happening my bed's gonna be made the living room's gonna be clean i don't know who may walk into the house behind me so it's about being organized and structured that's how you can manage uh, multiple aspects of your life and like i said prior it's about me knowing that you know what i'm not not about to wear myself thin um you know what the production this not might not be the production season for me so it's going to take a step back to other side ventures that are are more relevant right now so like i said food everybody has to eat so food and real estate they're not going anywhere so that's another venture i might jump into with real estate and i'm trying to be like mr anderson i (laughs) I don't know what he's talking about people i don't know what he's talking about (laughs) (laughs) so so speaking of being uh, organized and structured have you have any um any challenges or roadblocks in your career or in your business that was challenging to you? Oh man, one of the two challenges, uh, but the challenges kind of put me where I am. So I wouldn't be in IT and project management if I didn't have a challenge early on in my corporate life. So, um, you know, I'm not gonna call the company out, but I worked with a company for about 10 years, kind of got content, uh, was making good money. And, you know, everybody kind of chases money now. So that's one thing you have to be passionate about what you do but I was comfortable content and I didn't maintain or I didn't research 
the skills or what was needed to stay relevant. So with companies moving to technology, because technology is relevant, they want a workforce that is up to date or has those skill sets. So the degrees are cool. You know, I'm grateful that I went through my degrees. Without my master's degree, I wouldn't even be able to apply to be a sports agent because that's one of the requirements. You have to have a secondary secondary degree. Okay, never knew that. But to stay relevant in the workforce, people want the certifications because nine times out of 10 with the degree stuff, um, you know, you have updated editions of books, but the, I guess the basis or the foundation of the information is gonna stay the same with the certifications. Most of that information changes every 18 months. So uh, once you get that certification, you have to do PDU units, stay relevant, go to seminars, et cetera, et cetera. So those certifications keep you relevant in the game. So, um, you know, when my company decided to downsize, um, my geographic location was one of those areas hit. So it was like, you know, okay, what do I do next? I hadn't put any thought behind it, et cetera, et cetera. so you know i was i was stuck so i had to figure out okay what what have i been doing the last 10 years that i can leverage or make myself relevant to someone else so i use um some basic experience some basic tasks looked at my resume and um went into project management so i found the pmp certification uh so that validated me being able to lead any project in any industry so uh, once i acquired that i was able to leverage that um, based on my prior experience to um, make myself relevant in the job market and so it's about staying up to date and all certifications are in high demand so like okay. i said it doesn't matter what industry or market you're in everybody has group you can't have a group with just basic operations operations is about running and maintaining so you have to have a project so the pmp certification you could be in music, hip hop, cooking, whatever. Right. Every industry has a project. Management. So you have exactly. PM, you put them PMP credentials behind your name. You could be in six figures. Not saying I'm no. in six figures. <laughs> I don't ask me for money, but right. <laughs> that PMP is. And, with, and when you got your PMP, did you go to you took a class or you just did it that right after you took your MBA? So with my PMP, we talk about successes and failures. So. My PMP came once again after I uh, came went through the setback uh, with my career. Um, how I even started looking into project management. Um, a competitor for the company I had worked for for ten years reached out to me and interviewed me in regards to project management. So you know I had no formal knowledge of project management. So of course during that interview I was just happy to hear from someone. Someone I didn't really know what I was speaking to, so I didn't speak to the right tools or methods for structured project management. So, you know, when I call back, if I don't get a job or whatever the situation is, I need to know why. So um, the feedback prompted me to do further research. So in doing my research, PMP came about. So me being smart, I had I had a business on the side. I had two degrees at this time. I just wanted to uh, doing the research on how to get a PMP certification because once you have it, like I said, it's validated. You know, I'm looking at the salaries, I'm like, Okay, <laughs> it's like <laughs> some salaries that I want. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so you know, I did my research and you know, I acquired the book, uh, the Pembok Project Management Book of Knowledge. At this time, it was the fifth edition. Um, so, I read the book, uh, did some practice tests, and I'm like, you know what, I'm ready. So, 
uh, the craziest thing was I was literally like maybe three questions from passing, but I failed it. So my biggest thing in life is it's change. If we don't change, you don't evolve. A caterpillar exactly never stays a caterpillar. It has to transform into a butterfly. So it has to change and evolve. So um, I didn't want to go through, through the same method because it's like, okay, I'm missing something. So, you know, I reached out to, did my research, reached out to a class. I took a four-day class and it was really about changing the way I thought. So same thing with relationships, whether it's a relationship with your job, a female family, whatever it is, you have to change the way you think. So my biggest failure or not failure, but learning experience, because I don't look at things as failures. We look at them as lessons and experience. So my biggest experience was if I do something on a day-to-day basis, I have to get out of the habit of thinking that's the right way. So when we talk about structure and methods, what I'm doing may get you the right result, but is it the correct structured way of doing it? So when project management uh, what I did on an everyday basis, I managed uh, smaller projects, but how I managed them and got to the end result may not have been the proven way or the way in the corporate world. So that was my biggest thing. So when you're looking at this test of 200 questions and four hours, mm-hmm. you know, it's timed. If you want to go to the bathroom, your time's still running. So it's a very <laughs> intense. It's one of right. the toughest certifications in the world, Craig. Yes, it is. It is one of the top certifications to get in business in and technology. In the world, yeah. Craig. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, it is. So uh, I'm somebody, you know, because I got that thing. <laughs> but uh, like I said, um, it was about, you know, you got, you have, it's all multiple choice. 200 multiple choice you have to have for uh, four hours. So I think you have to have like a 65, 70%. So don't look at the 70% number, but when there's so much knowledge and information you have to grasp that you really have to know the open book. You can't look at anything. It's proctored. So when I say proctored, someone's watching. It's like going into an FBI interview. You empty out your pockets. I thought the lady wanted to have my number and pull out my pants. Like, All right. You know, I don't have nothing on me. Like, come on. So, but... Um, but anyway, so um, so yeah, so two answers are gonna be potentially right. Two answers are gonna be wrong. So it's just like, uh, what is it? Uh, how to be a millionaire? Or something when mm. you have give me oh, 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, yeah, 50, 50, 50, 50. So right. you automatically know two answers are not there. So the other two answers, one is gonna be the strategic project management way, and one is gonna appeal to you like this is the answer because this is what I do every day. So nine times out of ten, what you do every day is the wrong answer so is but, the test mostly a scenario based yeah yeah it's scenario it's all based, based, based off of what you're going to experience in a real project okay. or what have you so like i said the two answers could be what you've used to done in projects whether it's structured or not and the way the method teaches you so anytime you run into that you always want to go with the method so when I went through the class, that was one of the things I picked up. Same thing with the class, you know, it's about leveraging um, and using what you have to make the best of the opportunities. So okay. um, I was able to build a relationship with the uh, instructor of the class and, um, you know, I was a standout student in the class and after taking the class, I probably stuttered a, a month later and I passed passed it, the PMP right. certification. And That's that what's made up. me more marketable 
in the workforce industry because I already managed projects, even though my title wasn't a project manager. And now that I had this certification, plus my MBA and my bachelor's. So that's why I say, you know, at the end of the day, um, those degrees aided and only accented uh, the certification. So I'm not saying don't get your degrees, but in lieu of and while you're getting your degrees if you could graduate with certifications you're gonna be you can this is probably a difference between you getting a fifty thousand dollar entry level job and a seventy thousand dollar right entry level job because uh, like i said with just having my pmp was the difference between me you know i'm don't quote me on this but going from maybe <laughs> 90,000 to 110,000 just by adding those three acronyms because that certified that I understand or have the capacity to follow a methodology that's going to uh, produce uh, results. Okay. And that's a good introduction to our new segment. So, being a person of color, how is it um, networking or trying to find business partners for a new um, either promotion or a new brunch or a new comedy or a new production? How, how being a person of color has that affected you moving? Um, as far as being a person of color moving forward, of course, you know, you have to go into everything. Uh, doing all of the research that someone of another race or another aspect of um, a business professional may not have to do. So you there's no room for error. error. So it's about being able to, I guess... Uh, transform or um, relate to multiple aspects of life and business so it's about having the street smarts and the corporate smarts because yeah, I feel that. Um, when you're in that element you have to know how to relate so you know if your resources relate to so we're project management I have resources and I have to talk to stakeholders so uh, when I'm talking to my resources you know I want them to relate to me be able to confide to me so I have to uh, you know kind of not stoop down to their level, but speak a language that they understand. But that language may not translate to my corporate stakeholders. So um, you just have to know when to to be that person. (laughs) So (laughs) so I think it's it's still about being creative. It's about how I said me using the space that I've rented out to uh, leverage my profit um doing the brunches you have just have to be creative some of these things are um intangible stuff that you can't be taught so okay um i kind of I, I just know how to do that i can speak on multiple languages and know you know when to be who i need to be to, uh, so you know when to be hood and when to be professional i wouldn't say those words <laughs> i would consider myself hood i think now i do brunches and i I pick my tea up and have my pinky finger. I got you. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's basically it. You know when to be, you know, who you are and who can... Well, Uh. I'm not saying that... To me, it's... I'm not going to say common sense because common sense isn't common. uh, Mm. But it's just something you have to be able to decipher. It's something that someone cannot train you for. You just have to know, okay, in this situation... I can say this and, and feel someone may not be offended or I need to be uh, this certain type of person. And it's not okay. about, you know, selling out or what this other person may think. It's about just knowing your surroundings and being able to adapt. It's like a snake. Right. <laughs> a snake I agree. Can just jump out at right. you. But <laughs> when they're trying to hide, they're going to blend in with the truth. So, uh-huh. you know, that's just the nature of the business. All right. So 
what when was the moment that you when you realized you wanted to start your own business your first business venture or company or, or first uh, event that you threw when i mean at the end of the day when you work for somebody you don't have freedom at the end of the day i mean you still have to listen to their law have to do what they say so um you know i've always been someone that managed my own money so you know once i if you're working for someone you really have access to what they're doing you see the ins and outs of what they're doing so it's like okay if i notice i'm running the business for them most of the time why can't i do this myself is it because i don't have the capital or the the biggest setback with a business is well i'll ask, I'll ask you what do you think the biggest setback of, of, of running a business or starting a business is? Uh, i would say um, putting up your own, putting up your own money. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'll give you another chance. One more. <laughs> I'll give you one more chance. Um, I would say having a vision. Wrong again. So this is it. Really? It's not about the vision. Cause guess what? If I have the vision, but I'm scared, fear. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. I can have the money, but what if I'm scared of losing the money? I'll never start the business. Okay. If I have the vision, but I'm scared of, you know what? I have the vision, but is it going to work or not? Fear is our biggest setback. Okay. Just think about everyday life. You know, people have ideas and dreams. What's the difference between if you're a fashion designer and you never have been to New York or went to a fashion show sure. or something? Right. Because you're, it's, it's fear. Fear is our biggest setback. So that was my thing. You know, seeing someone else do the same thing I knew I could do, and I had the, the money to do it. So, you know, I started my LLC. That's money. I invested the money because, you know, um, one of my mentors taught me that uh, in life, money's going to come and money's going to go. That's what you make it, and that's what you have it for. So, it's like with me, you know, that's uh, when we talk about work life balance, I travel all day. So, you know, I don't save money and make money just to get up and pay bills you know right. I'm about 15 countries in on this i get you thing. i get you i'm saying the last <laughs> one you went to was uh colombia colombia yeah so we, we you know i don't know who's listening but that's a whole nother story not get into that, uh, but you know i was able to go to cuba before trump oh let me not say that yeah i've been to cuba too cuba's a nice country yeah cuba was nice so that's that's just this year so i say within the last uh nine months i'm about six countries and you know i did buenos aires argentina colonia uruguay santiago chile cuba and uh colombia that was uh, my last five trips so you think uh traveling makes you a better businessman oh man travel aids to my food and it, it humbles you more because you know the things we take for granted on an everyday basis when you're traveling you see a whole aspect a different aspect of life and a way of living i remember where was i costa rica um Haco, costa rica and i went on this excursion to the mountains and i saw a kid swimming in the swimming pool so when you think of a swimming pool you think of something spectacular but his swimming pool was a trash can what? Yeah, this was like a six-year-old kid in the trash can. You know, I can show you the picture of that. Like, literally had the trash can full of water. That was his swimming pool. And he was as excited as he could be. <laughs> so, Damn. 
you know, traveling really, you get to really see how people across the world are living. So it kind of humbles you like we complain about basic stuff. So traveling does that for me, especially like with my food. It gives me ideas and vision. I remember Singapore. I went to Singapore in 2017 and I went to this restaurant where it was a dine in the dark experience. So when mm-hmm. I say dine in the dark, you can't see anything. So my waiter who walked me to the table is blind. So I had okay. to, I had to hold his hand. I can't see anything. He's walking me upstairs and sits me down, and then he presents every dish, and I just have to taste it, and then you can fill out a card to, you know, kind of de- see if you could depict what it is. So it's all about experiences. So that's another thing. It was like, man, like I'm literally sitting there complaining that I can't see my food, and this guy, this is how he makes his living. <laughs> so, right. So yeah, traveling definitely humbles you and opens and opens you up to uh, appreciate um, a lot of things in life. Okay. So if someone was wanting to start their own business, what type of advice would you give them? Oh man, I, I lost a lot of money up front. And that's why, why I go back to fear uh, and different things of that nature. So I'll give you a story, even with my football thing, it's, you know, it cost me thousands of dollars. So. That's another thing, you know, when you have these dreams and visions, when you playing with some big boy stuff, you got to have big boy money. And, right. You know, <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, with this, you know, I, I trusted uh, somebody who opened the door and didn't do my, my own due diligence and research. And in the end, you know, it cost me thousands like five six thousand dollars man because i didn't follow a structured process that i was supposed to follow so it was a lesson learned so like i said when you're in these these big industries they don't care that you know you this young guy who's just trying to make it etc etc so when you have these credentials behind your name (laughs) they expect you to come with it you know especially like you like you said when you're uh, black brother uh, in a uh, uh, Caucasian dominated industry, you know, it's just one of the things you have to do. So it's about doing your own research, you know. Okay. So um, at the end of the day, I can't say, well, you know what, this guy was my mentor. I was following behind him because guess what? When I conduct business, my name is on this contract, this document. So. You know, when the audit comes or whatever, whatever the situation is, if I didn't follow all the rules and procedures, whoever's investigating, they don't want to hear, oh, I was following behind this guy because my signature, my name is on it. So the key thing is doing your own research. And just from an African-American standpoint, we have a lot of visions and goals, but we don't have structure. So I'm going to ask you this. Why do you think McDonald's has been so successful? Because they have structure, because they maintain it. Like anyone you go to has to be the same. So yeah, so that's the correct answer from a standpoint. But when you want to be correct, they have a system. A system. Okay. So my nephew, thirteen, he can run a McDonald's right now. Because guess what? To make a Big Mac, there's a checklist. Right. You do this. You this. You this. You this. You follow these six steps. You have a Big Mac. Right. (laughs) You know, to shut the store down, there's a checklist. You have to do boom, 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 boom. So if if you look at the Ray Kroc story of, I forgot the name of the movie, it it shows the system. That's how he was able to take McDonald's. He wasn't the original 
a person that came up with the McDonald's concept. So Google the McDonald's store. I forgot the specific name of the movie, but Ray Kroc. He stole mm. that from the guys that made McDonald's. Because guess what? They didn't want to change. They were stuck in their system, their ways. Right. They didn't want to. I read it. Up. I read it in the business yeah, book. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They yeah. They didn't want to change, and he had. They didn't have a system. They were stuck in their ways. So he was able to implement a system. And that's how that fr- Why do you think you have to pay a premium to start a franchise? Because you're investing in a validated system. system. Right. So when we start businesses, we have these ideas. We may not have the finances, the resources, anything. So that's why business is about sustainability, man. You have a lot of these businesses that they may do good for a year, two years, but where are they now? Mm. It's about sustainability. You know, the average business may not see a profit for four or five years. So when you go into business, if you know you're not going to have a profit for four or five years, guess what? You have to have capital and operating expenses to run that business for four or five years if you never make a dollar. Right. But the average person doesn't even know that. So the first thing to start in the business is doing the research. You need to research your field. You could even intern. So like me, if I had to do it all over again, of course, I'm not as young as I want to be. But <laughs> if I had yeah, to do it all over again, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm a corporate hustler. You know, I didn't go right. to culinary school. I just, I call myself a Vanessa. I know how to talk. I know how to get people to believe in what I'm selling. So, you know, that's how I've always been able to turn a dollar into a hundred dollars or whatever but if, if we're doing the research and talk about a structured system while i'm in school maybe while i'm in high school you know i could have interned or got a job at a restaurant if i knew mm. that was my passion so i would already have the fundamentals and basics to be ahead of the game versus trying to figure it out on my own trial and error so to start up a business the first advice i would do do your research and then you definitely want to have a business plan so one key thing that a lot of people don't know is SBDC. Do you know what that stands for? No. I forgot, but uh, <laughs> I know you gonna bring it up. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, small business development. Uh, I forgot what the C stands for, but just Google SBDC. Every city or every state has an SBDC, so they offer free consulting services. Um, from professionals that may be in this area, so oh, they do um, they do that at Delgado. They do uh, and, and they have it yeah, here, free business class at, yeah. at Xavier. So okay. where you can stop, talk to the professional, and they're going to help guide you through. Okay, this is your idea. Um, this is what you need to do. So, for example, if I want to open a restaurant, they may do something called a ring study. Are you familiar with a ring study? No. So a ring study for me is going to mean that. If I'm in the 70122 zip code, they're going to run. The ring study is going to show me what's the demographic in this area. So if I know my restaurant needs to sustain, I need to target a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. All, the ring study also is going to show me what's the average income in that area. Mm-hmm. So if I know for my menu, I'm charging $30 on average per entree. I can't go in the area where people are only making ten dollars an hour because my business is not going to sustain. Okay. So the average household income in that area may need to be forty thousand. So the ring study in the zip code is going to show me, okay, within this X amount of mile radius, the average income is fifty thousand. Bingo! That's the area I want right. to be. In. That's why so, you see a, a Whole Foods in the lower income in their area. Right. Right. Gotcha. So so 
You know, it's just about knowing where you need to put your business because most businesses sustain off a of location. So it's like, that's why I say you could see a business here for a year because everybody's out supporting, but it's like, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot, man. How many times have you ordered meals from me? I know you rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's about me sustaining. I have to get you to sustain. I have to so I know <laughs> if you're not going to I order a lot. I order a lot, people. If you're not going to be a consistent customer. I, I am an inconsistent customer. I, I know in this I area, I don't need to focus on that. But I'm just using all that as an example to where <laughs> that's where research, knowing the right people, and the business plan. Because I, that's how I started. I went to several of these classes. A lot of them are free. Some of them you have to pay for, but it's a small investment. You know, I paid $50 for an hour uh, seminar or lecture from a professional, and it was all worth it. So, like, if you want, and I'm just using that as a restaurant, but ring studies can be done if you open in a tire shop or whatever, because okay. it's going to give you the average household income, the demographics in that area. If you know, and don't take this the wrong way, if you know Mexicans don't buy tires, then you're not going to put this in a highly populated Mexican right, area. Right, exactly. Same okay. thing with. You know, a hair store. You're not gonna put a hair store in a highly populated Caucasian area because they're not <laughs> buying the tracks and all this and that. Right. You know, so <laughs> you know that's just one of the things. So that's where uh, the business plan and everything comes into place. And then, like I said, you gotta have a system. So that would be the three things: do your okay. research, have a business plan, and then you create a system based off of the research and the business plan. And so um, another thing would be. You know, if I want to open a restaurant and it's a seafood restaurant, I mean, the, the first thing I'm going to do is research what the top five seafood restaurants in that area, how much they make. So I know my possible earning potential. And that's still free information because guess what? They got to file taxes, so they have to report something. So mm. go to the library. You'll figure it out. I'm not going to give you all the game. You got to do right. something. Right. You got to do something on your own. So... <laughs> um, figure out how much they're making on average. So if five businesses one making 500, 700, 600, 700, whatever. So that average might be 550,000. You're like, okay, you know what? Seafood might be the way. But you have to figure out, okay, what's their expenses? So they got to report that too. Okay. So that'll kind of give you an estimate of what they're walking away from. So you have to do a lot of research. All right. So what technologies do you believe um, that will be in the future, in your opinion, that will assist with uh, new business or career ventures? Um, I said, like I spoke on before, AI. AI is about cognitive capacity, remote access in the digital world. You know, it's about being able to predict um, how someone's going to function or, you know, how th their thought process. Um, also, like I said, big data, you always have to go off of the numbers. What's that song? Who, who made the song? Uh, Wayne, Women Lie. Women Lie. <laughs> Men Lie when numbers don't, don't lie. lie. <laughs> so that's, about that's a true statement right there. Yeah, it is. You know, yeah. you lied to me several times. You told me you're going to be a consistent <laughs> meal plan customer. But, you know, um, that's just one example. But yeah, big data. It's about analyzing large quantities of digital info versus the traditional capacity so big data is going to definitely be something in the future because um when we talk about anything you have to be agile agile is being quick being able to adapt adapt quickly so big data we can analyze large quantity of data uh quickly you know that's definitely going to ask and also okay. um augmented reality 
Yes, augmented reality is that's, that's huge. Yes, that's very huge. Real world with uh, various aspects and different views. So augmented reality, you know, that's whew. that's up and coming in technology. Augmented reality and artificial intelligence. That that is huge. Yeah. If you can get in that now, you will make a lot of money. Like the people who slept on voice mm-hmm. and thought pe- voice wasn't gonna be, be the next thing. I mean, you got Google Voice, you got Amazon Echo. I mean, they're making money on voice, even though they listen to everything you're saying. But hey, Amazon got to make their money. So, other than that, Mr. Marcus Cummins, this concludes our interview. I appreciate your time. Can you please let the people know where they can uh, follow you, hit you up, your next event? So uh, all the social media outlets, anything you put out there. Man, you'll probably catch me on the sideline at one of these Saints games, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> live at five sports. <laughs> <you know. laughs> so, I will testify because we was uh, on the oh, sideline yeah, for the Saints. Yeah, he I brought me to the Saints Saints game on the sideline. Yeah, see how I'm always <laughs> picking my people up and giving them experiences. You know, it ain't about always seeing me on Instagram. You know, if you support what I do, I'm gonna give you that experience. You know. He, he like going to people, they, they thinking he the sports agent, you know. <laughs> he taking pictures with Drew Brees, trying to step on the field. Almost got my privileges revoked, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, when they ain't never experienced, you got to be careful you, you letting those circles. Just, yeah, yeah, you funny. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we no, came a long uh, way from uh, being ballets at risk oh, yeah, Hotel. Yeah, we, that's, that's where it all started in college, <laughs> uh, ballets at risk Hotel. But you know what? Um, my kids, I don't care how much money I have, they're going to work. Because being at the risk call team, I didn't know how to tip before I worked at the risk call Yeah, me neither. I never tipped. Me neither. Me so neither. when you start That's working true. for tips, you're like, okay, damn, I never tipped. So, you know, now I'm always a big tipper. And when you work for tips, it teaches you how to manage money. So, I'm going to always save money because when I worked for tips, my first few months there, I never knew where, where my money went. You know, I had a check, but... I'm making $50 in tip Monday through Friday and on the weekends I may make 100 so what's that 250 300 it's like $400, $500 yeah we make a few hundred every week on tips alone but you know, if you don't manage that you're never going to see your money so what I had to start doing every day I had a shoebox drop 50 this day and so at the end of the two weeks I had $1,000 in the shoebox that I just put into the bank account so that's how I started saving money Okay. Um, so uh, that gave me that experience but you can catch me at MD Foods LLC Mark Damian underscore PRD that's my personal page um, so but if you want to contact us via the sports world MS world LLC uh, that's, that's the three networks that I manage as far as social media mainly on Instagram that's pretty much it alright y'all it's been a pretty interesting interview hope y'all enjoyed we out <laughs> thank y'all for listening to today's podcast i hope you enjoyed today's topics so please hit us up on all social media outlets lanyard tech at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat as well. Check us out on our website, lanyaptech.com. You got any further questions, comments, please post to the social media outlets and we'll bring them up on the next podcast. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. See you later. We out.